This episode is brought to you by Portland Distro. If you like underground music, movies, and more, go to portlanddistro.com for licensed merch, vinyl, CDs, and more. Plug in the discount code 10 off T E N O F F for a 10% discount at portlanddistro.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Everything Went Black. This is an Unholy Passion installment with Ralph Schmidt. How's it going, Ralph? Hey, I'm good, Mike. Uh, glad to be back. Uh, hello, everybody out there. I'm doing okay so far. I have a. Uh, we had like the the school term papers were due last week, so um, this weekend I don't have a whole lot of work to do. So I've been catching up on some shows and, and reading a bit, and now doing this podcast, like which I was. Uh, I mean, I pitched the idea a while back, and it's again one of the pieces from our of, of our long history of our friendship. And um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to getting into this. We always have a pretty cool backlog of ideas, you know what I mean? Like out there, you know, in in yeah. the tank, so to say. And uh, yeah, so now yeah. we're finally getting around to doing this one, and it should be a lot of yeah. it should be a blast to reminisce yeah. and talk about all this stuff again. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's, uh, I think again, I mean, we talked like before we started recording, we just talked uh, a bit about like how both tombs and author are bands that you can place at various like settings of bands. So, for example, you know, like you played with Evoken and you can tour with a black metal band, which you did, and you could tour with a like a, I don't know, like a slam death band, but like a more hardcore ish metal band. Yeah, that would work. And author does kind of the same thing. And the, the same way are like our, our installments of the unholy passion thing, because we're talking about all the stuff that we're into and you and I both have like a bright variety of tastes. So I think it's always cool that these episodes are always very diff different from like the stuff we did before. Yeah, yeah, totally. And um, <clears throat> yeah, just like if you looked at a, the pile of LPs like on my uh, in my record player area, you it would see like a pretty wide swath of musical styles you know film scores uh you know black metal records um you know things stuff like that electronic music a lot of different stuff you know so we like to keep things very general and very broad over here yeah yeah i have to uh that brings me to a good point because uh i was like like you know like next to my couch there's the the wall where all the vinyl is standing that I just bought that's not yet to like hasn't gotten spinned yet. And um, yeah, dude, uh, thanks for giving Danny the hats up about the Husker Du thing, because oh, I think yeah. Danny contacted you yep. and asked about like Husker Du records. And she gave me this fucking amazing box set, the Savage Young Du collection. Sure. Like four, four vinyls, demos, live recordings and a thick book of like photos and text about host could do which is like a fucking fucking jam of a thing to possess so thanks for giving the heads up and thanks to danny for giving it to me no problem man i mean i'm glad you've uh contributed somewhat into your you know that epic christmas present you know i actually bought myself a really cool christmas present similar to that the oh. uh the celtic frost uh box set you know that oh you know, nice yeah yeah and, and i've said this before but 
They uh, suspiciously left out uh, Cold Lake. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the Mysterium, why, why, why Tom Gabriel Fisher is not backing that record. <laughs> nah, dude, he should just get over it, man. I mean, there's enough fans out there that, that you know, either like and appreciate that record or, or don't hate it. You know what I mean? It's part of yeah. his legacy. Man. Yeah. You should put it, you should release it, re-release it or something, you know? Yeah, and it's 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 kind of like the same with the Swans and Killing Joke, where like both these bands started out as these uh, malicious, like nasty post-punk whatever noise rock acts, and in the early like in the in the eighties, I think when when cocaine took over, both bands kind of crumbled and became softer. I mean, it's uh, I mean the. Uh, the burning world of swans is like a pretty folky record almost but still dark but if you listen, um if you have like what's that um outside the gate is that the record of killing joke that yeah. came after brighter brighter than a thousand suns which is pretty much like let's try to make every song sound like love um dude like i'm i'm throwing a blank uh i love like blood like everything is like the, the pop hit and then one record like one song jazz is even like rapping <laughs> it's so bad but then they then they came back and i mean like in the 90s then they got extreme again but yeah it's kind of the same thing with with like uh with celtic thrust and a bunch of other bands um i mean look at the discovery of paradise lost they drifted into the like indie rock thing and yeah. then they went back to do but they like they re-released their indie stuff too because there's still people backing it and they want to have it on vinyl so like fishers should do the same thing well, with Swans too, that uh, Burning World, I think I, I love that record. Actually, I think it's great. I have like a CD version yeah. of it, and um, that, the song "Goddamn the Sun" is like probably yeah. one of my favorite Swans tracks. And I think there's a licensing thing because that was a major label release, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Yeah, I think G. Rice is more at peace with his discography as maybe Jess Coleman. <laughs> but then again, like in then in comparison to uh, to Michael Girard, like I think like Michael Girard is heads down the more more um, sane person in comparison to Jess Coleman. I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, from my experience, I have never met Jazz Coleman, but I remember there was that time we played Roadburn, and uh, the day mm. before we played. Uh, Killing Joke was there, and everyone one was was telling us about how insane that guy was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's those like uh, like all the people that I know that book shows with them. They're like, he's like, they're kind of like the worst. They're really difficult. Swans like they they seem to be like just chill. I mean, on stage and like at the soundcheck, Michael Jira is like difficult. But aside from that, I mean, he's driven. He's certainly a maniac, but I think he's more composed in a way. But like the Jazz Coleman thing, I remember like I, I, I there was this announcement of the tour that uh, the Cult, Killing Joke, and um, oh, what was the third band? I don't know. They wanted to tour like uh, a Theater of Hate. Was it that? I don't know. But like they wanted to do this big ass American tour. Oh, the mission. And, was uh, it the mission that was on that? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I think that was that tour. Um, so like it was this big, big tour that was planned, and then like a, a few days before, they didn't know where Jazz Coleman is. So like Killing Joke had to like can can cancel the tour because even the management didn't know where he was. 
and then like some some days later he just posted on his facebook like um yeah i'm uh, joshua tree i have this little hut i want to finish my symphony and i want to finish a book so like i'm not going on tour <laughs> stuff like this is like wow yeah that's that's difficult to work with yeah yeah totally man you know but uh before we get going i just want to shout everyone out the other horsemen of the podcasting apocalypse uh see i'm getting better at saying that i usually mumble my words mm-hmm. when i come up to this yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah of course we have um brandon legion giving us horror wolf 666 it's a horror podcast obviously by the name and Brandon is a uh, his his show is geared more towards interviews, and um, he gets a lot of luminaries, up and comers, all in the horror genre. Does a great job, and uh, definitely check his show out. On Tuesday, we have uh, Grandmaster Jackie Smith bringing you into the necrosphere, which, in my opinion, is the greatest extreme metal podcast period today anywhere and uh i gotta tell you man i when when he was on vacation uh i missed it i missed those tuesdays you know hearing uh, him go mm-hmm. on and on about his uh you know the metal storm stuff and you know and, and the guests <laughs> and all that stuff man it was uh a definitely uh a lull in my week without that show and yeah. uh of course we have uh wednesday which is everything went black the date the podcast you listen to right now necro thursday brings us necromaniacs that's a horror review show that i co-host with mike scandato and jeff Cashid. very very occasionally we might have a special with a guest you know like i had the adams family on uh, a while back they will be returning because at this point I consider them uh, friends, and um, I always look forward to talking to them. So they'll they'll be coming back. They have some uh, news regarding future films that are about to be released, um, you know, and that's uh, going to be something we're definitely going to cover. And on Sunday, we have Carl Hikara with Sold Knox, and uh, I, I'm I guest on that show uh, almost on a regular basis because we have an um, we have a a, a sub-series of weird fiction, short stories, uh, dark fantasy, sword and sorcery discussions, and Carl and I get together and do that uh, every now and then. So yeah, that's a yeah. full week of podcasting action for everybody. Yeah, and uh, I mean, yeah, the, the cool thing that I always say is like, I'm so glad to be in this circle of people and that there are all these crazy crossover episodes for example, there will be one with you, me on the Horror Wolf, which will be out sometime soon. Yep. I mean, I've been I've been on Carl's show, I've been guest on Jackie's show, and uh, so like Jeff Kashid is now is, is doing this, and and Mike Scandato is doing that. So like it's all intertwined, and that's that makes this whole thing so interesting. It's like kind of reading comic books. Like I always love the crossover comic books. Yeah. Who would be the villain, I think, out of all of them? <laughs> like, who's like the Doctor Doom or, uh, you know, uh, Professor uh, X, uh, you know, that kind of, like, who, who's, who's who in this uh, world that we have here, you know? So, yeah, we, we, we've, got, <laughs> we've got the African-British Thanos, definitely. So, yeah. Mr. Mister <laughs> Mr. Smith, like, if he, or, like, maybe with the Hulk smash, though, I can, I can see, like, if Jackie, like, 
if Jackie like puts his fist on the ground, the earth will shake. Um, Carl, Carl is Doctor Doom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like he's 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 like the cryptic, the Dark Lord. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see, Brandon, Brandon Sabretooth, maybe. Okay. Like yeah. uh, brute, that. brute force, the long hair, the beard, you know. Um, you would be the Punisher. Like, definitely. <laughs> Punisher. That's funny. Yeah. That's you. Um, who else do we have? Like Mike Scandato, Mike Scandato. Oh, uh, what could he be or who could he be? He could be Professor X. No, no, no. He's uh, like, he's not like he, uh, Professor X is really calm. Um, I have to think on that. Also, I, I don't have a, because I don't have a clear picture of how Jeff Kashid looks. Like I, I just know his voice. Uh, I myself, I don't know. Like I, I wish I would be Venom in a way. Like I was always like, been, <laughs> like, would be cool to have like you know like have the symbiote that always can like I want to look sharp, like make a cool dress, a uh, cool suit for me or something. Um, aside from that, I, I would be I would be probably like have the superpowers of Storm. Like I just want to control the weather. I could fly. I could sh shoot lightning up some people's asses. I would be done with that. I'm, I'm going to say that you're the Red Skulls because you're German. <laughs> so, oh, dude. <laughs> dude. Dude, like I could cancel instantaneously. <laughs> I would say uh, Mike Mike could be uh, Peter Parker, man. That dude's like... Um, yeah, yeah. 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 You know, he's like a very New York sort of guy. Uh, you know, yeah. Mike's Peter Parker and Jeff could be Nightcrawler. But Nightcrawler is German too. Yeah. But, but I'm, but I'm okay. Well, all right, you, all right. So, so not to avoid getting canceled, we'll make you Nightcrawler then. <laughs> all right. <laughs> and Jeff could Which be the Red Skull. <laughs> it was also dangerous. Like, oh, I heard the guy from Ulta. He's like, he's like a Nightcrawler, you know, like he goes out at night and stalks people <laughs> and then he disappears. Yeah. Like, see, like, even, com even comic books are woke now. Like, we have to be careful. <laughs> so, once again, uh, we reach back into the past and uh we talk about uh something that actually was a bonding experience on the the right around the time we met man like when we first really uh met way back when was it like 2004 or something possibly yeah yes that's all right i like, always try to track down but like uh i think it was that time i mean uh wait, wait, no, it must be yeah i started studying in heidelberg 2004 so it must be a year later or something because I was still living with Daniel. So yeah, that was this like in, in my apartment where I had two like flatmates. Um, yeah, and that was the, the ill-fated Anodyne tour that has been a topic for so long. But that was the time that we got to hang out. And I remember like hanging out in the kitchen where we started talking about how much you hate Seattle and Unbroken. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that was kind of the start. And then I introduced you to Breach. And I think like that's where we like saw like, okay, there's um, there's a lot of stuff we're both into the same things. And then back then, uh, I mean, it was the time where DVDs were like still hot and fresh. And uh, I had a VHS player. And I remember that you guys had to like kill some times. I had to kill some time. And I went to the supermarket to get some groceries and do breakfast for the three of you and me. And then I came back and I think Josh, Joel and you were sitting in my small room and watching this videotape we're going to discuss today on my old TV and with my old VHS player. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was that was uh, a bright spot on that tour. You know, it's funny. I I talk like like I was in hell or something like that during that month we spent over there. I mean, it wasn't great, but it really you know looking back, um, yeah, there was definitely some some fun moments on the tour. You know, it wasn't like all bad, but um, yeah, yeah, it was pretty brutal just for a lot of reasons. You know, and uh, you know not not only the fact that it was uh, kind of poorly organized, but then again. You know, on that level of touring, when is it ever good? You know, I guess like that's the question. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. always like, you know, we're operating on this like subterranean level, and you take a lot of risks when you go over there, and it definitely gave us a lot of funny stories. So that, that's cool. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, it was the founding moment of our friendship. And that's so, right. Like, it was, uh, if, if it's worth something, then it's that. I think. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, and that's that's not the least important thing i mean that that's that's no, definitely no. like one of the high points of the whole the whole experience really is you and i meeting yeah yeah dude and it's like i mean it's 2023 now so we're going up to like almost 20 years soon this is, isn't that crazy yeah um time flies man i it it huh. seems it it seems like a lifetime ago but then again it seems just like yesterday i gotta be honest yeah yeah and it's, it's still like i still have a vivid memories of that and that, like that thing that that's why I pitched the idea a while back. I was like, this is this this part with the videotape is so ingrained in that memory that I was like, we're both death metal maniacs. And I know that uh, Mike, Jackie and you want to do like the the 90s death metal episode and yeah. uh, into the necrosphere. And I was like, this is like the perfect thing. And then because when when you were here in December and we browsed through some like videos and a short gore fest and, and like it's like yeah this is like the nuclear blast stuff so that's why i had the idea of like doing this podcast and yeah you want me to introduce like what we're going to do here yeah yeah let's you take the reins on this one since this was actually your uh your video that we have <laughs> yeah. so the the first off the the stupid thing is like um I had the idea when this whole video was still as one piece on YouTube. It's not anymore because someone complained. So I had to uh, reconstruct this video as a playlist, which I did and we will post in the comments and um, so you can watch along. But what we're actually talking about is um, the 1992 death metal compilation video, Death is Just the Beginning. Uh, released by Nuclear Blast, which back then, Death is Just the Beginning, was a compilation CD they put out with um, their own household name bands and newer bands that they were pushing or trying to sign. And um, they did two parts. And in between these first two parts, they released this videotape with some of the stuff that were on the CDs and um, uh, some stuff that hasn't been released at that time. And uh, yeah, I mean, the first thing I wanted to touch on is like, did you like compilations back then? I, I mean, love, now I we, live them, the, we live in the we live. I love yeah, compilations. We live in the there, yeah, there's not only do I love like I would not only a compilation that I would maybe buy, but I remember back in the '90s, um, a lot of times magazines would have compilations that you would you would yes. buy. You'd go down to uh, Tower Records or something like that, which is obviously a fading memory for a lot of people. 
And you'd buy like uh, you know, Thrasher or something, or there used to be a magazine that um it was called SOD, Sounds of Death. And uh mm-hmm. they would you could get a comp with that too. And that was like this black and white, like totally underground, you know, and the kind the the C D would have like bands like Darkane on it or uh, you know, some at the time very obscure, you know, death metal. And uh you know, yeah. you could find interviews with all these guys, and and it was a huge staple of stuff that I dug. You know, yeah, it was the time when CDs were piss cheap. So you had like uh, magazines like Metal Hammer and Rock Hard, Kerrang, and they all had like these CDs coming along with a track of the newer, fresh bands or something that was just released. And sometimes when you order stuff from from a distro or from a like from a store, then they they uh, put some CDs within there. Um, for example, I got the Gods of Grind sampler from Earache back then, which was like a CD compilation of the bands that went on tour together, which was I think Cathedral, Confessor, Carcass, and uh, I don't know Morbid Angel. Maybe no, it wasn't Morbid Angel. But like like you had like these CDs, and I always loved that because. There were bands you knew, and then you got new stuff you didn't know. And that was the gateway into like listening to more bands and getting more records. So smart move, actually. I think I blew the timeline for that SOD stuff. That might have been more like tail end of the 90s into the you know, 2000s. But yeah, sorry about that. Also, like on the hardcore punk vibe, Allied Records. Remember Allied Recordings? Mm-hmm. They used to do pretty sick comps, and uh, I mean, it wasn't metal; it was more like uh, kind of emo and like you know punk stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah, and uh, um, I, here uh, for me, like in my uh, socialization of hardcore, there was this label, Lust and Found, which uh, became like the absolute hate object of everyone because they just released uh, bootleg CDs. <laughs> <laughs> of, of bands and uh they didn't ask the ba- like the, the band's permission so for example my first contact with ringworm was a cd which had a different name i can't remember it but it was pretty much the pro uh, the, the record the promise of yeah. ringworm in in a different sound because it was demo recordings and they just released it and stuff like this but they had a cd a double cd called golden shower of 20 hits or something yeah and i i learned so much stuff because there was heresy on there but also turning point so you had like hardcore punk grindcore stuff like this and yeah and then like in the death metal scene the 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 early nuclear blast catalog was so good and it was the epiphany of like the stuff that was cool back then before black metal actually happened and um yeah the death is just the beginning samplers number one and two i remember i had to buy the cd like another time because i blew through my first copies because i played them so often and also it's uh on this you know edition of it it's uh surprisingly diverse it's like more diverse than i remember you know i mean i remember hanging out at your place listening to this and just you know it being a barrage of like blast beats and like death metal and stuff when i was yeah totally obviously i like that stuff too but like revisiting it now i'm like oh wow there was actually other stuff on there that um gave it a little bit of diversity too you know yes so yeah so the 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 thing is now um 
I don't know, like for for the listeners now, this is probably like an episode, like it's always uh, like a lot of times on Necromaniacs. If you haven't watched it, maybe go and watch it first, or you just listen to us and then like check out the stuff you want to check out. Um, so this videotape had like it had like a magazine kind of vibe to it because there was a narrator and it was uh, one Matthias Herr who went on to uh, write the heavy metal lexicon one to five and the black metal Bible. So he became like a metal journalist and was pretty successful with that. And back then he looked like Malibu from American Gladiators. So, um, (laughs) so it was him like sitting in an office, which I assume was the office at nuclear blast. And he was talking into the camera in this shitty, like low five VHS quality they had. And then he um, explained some of the bands that were up and there were interludes with like small parts of interviews. And then the main part was 15 music videos. And what we will do today is we will go through all 15 music videos that were on that tape, uh, talk about the bands real quick, what are our favorites and uh, stuff that we maybe loved back then, maybe stuff that holds up now and stuff that is now better than it was back then. So that was my general idea. Yeah, no, totally. Okay, so um, yeah, I have a I have I found a website which has has like a really detailed like rundown of the video. So the cool thing is the the video always before the music video plays had like this 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 um, radio static sound or like almost like a water gurgling sound and like you saw like a skull kind of TV static thing like if you change channels and there was no program. And then it said like the name of the band and the video. And when you watch the videos that I combined in the playlist, you will see it now and then. So the video opens with uh, yeah, Winter, like the band Winter. It has like the, the opening score for this video. And then the first thing you will see is an interview with Peter Tedgren from the band Hypocrisy. And then the first video is Left to Rot, which is of Penetralia. Um, hypocrisies 1992 debut record yeah i mean that that's kind of um you know classic record you know i also i also dug uh osculum of obscenum the one after that one yes but uh the, the thing i liked about hypocrisy is like they always had like this evil vibe you know like bullet belts yeah. like upside down crosses and like this kind of you know not you know kind of overtly occult like kind of satanic like vibe to it which i always thought was really cool you know yeah and this is uh, like a reoccurring theme on this videotape so like pretty much most videos are kind of shot in the same way so you have mostly the band playing performing in one one capacity or another and then you have like cutaway scenes really fast cuts of like cities or obscure scenes um like later in the video you will have like a crossing scene like of of jesus carrying his cross and shit like this so it's kind of always kind of the same way but there is a clear difference between the european death metal bands which are on this tape primarily like swedish uh, austrian or uh, british um and the american bands so like hypocrisy is opening up and like you said it looks very satanic very evil and uh i i really love it and it has the the 
typical Swedish death metal sound that bands back then had. And Hypocrisy to me is a band that was always okay. They were not like a like a very successful band. They changed their styles like with a fourth dimension. They become more proggy like a lot of death metal bands. Didn't do it for me, but uh, the Penetralia record is still something I go back to now and then. They have a fucking cool logo and the video and the song is a banger, I think. Actually, just uh, in general, I feel like the death metal that started out as progressive, and there's a couple of those bands on this list here, uh, you know, they just kind of like maintain that vibe throughout their career. But then when the bands that are brutal, and they're like, okay, we're going to become more progressive. I always feel that's like a, a misstep, really, you know? Yeah. And there, yeah, there's only a ton, a few tons bands. of bands. There's tons of bands that follow that yeah. trajectory that I think kind of fail a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, your band, my band, like all our bands, they progress, but we still always kept that happy vibe. And I mean, I, I, with planks, I had the feeling like if I hadn't stopped planks, I, I would have to go into like a more, I don't know, like more polished kind of less heavy perspective. And then I would have to do like proper singing, which I wasn't able to. And uh, also I didn't want to do it. And I mean, the step that we did now with the author record with the last one, it's more progressive and more open, but it's still a heavy record. And some of these bands, they like just completely broke away from that stuff. And I mean, like the best example, one of the early death metal bands here from Germany was Pyogenesis. And they became a completely ridiculous, like alternative band, then tried to do like a helicopters kind of death rock and roll thing. And then they went back to death metal and weren't good at it. Yeah. No. So number two is a band that was always very true to their style and still to this day is. They just recently played in Dortmund, so they're still going and uh, just lacking their infamous singer that they had on this one. <laughs> it's the, the American band Monstrosity with Final Cremation taking off of Impending Doom, their 1992 nuclear blast records. What do you think of that, Mike? Oh, well, those guys are, you know, I mean, they, they come from the, um, you know, the epicenter of American death metal, too, you know, and, and on the, in this yeah. video, it features a young, baby-faced George Corpse Grinder, <laughs> you know, and uh, yeah. it's like, it, it looks like him, but it's like, wow, that guy, like, looked yeah. way different back then, you know what I mean? And um, yeah. with the same brutal-as-hell vocals, and... Uh, yeah. You know, Corpse Grinder is one of my favorite singers in death metal, honestly. You know, I mean, I think that yeah. people have used, used to at least have that um, debate versus uh, Barnes versus uh, yeah. Fisher. And, uh, you know, I mean, let, let's be let's face it. You know, Fisher really destroys Barnes on the vocal front, you know. Yeah, uh, he's he I mean. I think Barnes has the back then, like when Butchered at Birth came out and and uh, Tombs of the Mutilated was, I think, the first one I had of Cannibal Corpse. It was lower and and more evil than like a lot of other singers, but I I wasn't that impressed. So I always preferred, for example, John Tardy's vocals from Obituary or yeah. Corpse Grinders because they they still resemble like you can understand words and all that that kind of like that that Chris Barnes does is just like mumbling 
And I mean, yeah, look at what became of him. Like he <laughs> became a complete douche. Yeah, dude. Like he is like the most shot singer ever, man. Now, like yeah. I, I, yeah. you know, I love the first couple of uh, Six Feet Under records. You know, uh, Haunted. That's a good record. Um, but his work, his heyday was definitely the early Cannibal stuff. But I, I think, yes. like, you know, when when Corpse Grinder joined the band and. Uh, that just took them to another level in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And this, um, I mean, we just spoke about the difference. Like this is prototypical early nineties, American death metal recorded at Morris sound, by Jim Morris, Dan Seagrave artwork, which still is fucking amazing. Um, the, the whole fucking video, you know what it reminded me of? It's, it's, it's probably the first COVID performance ever. <laughs> <laughs> how so like they, like uh explain they they, <laughs> they play this big ass stage to no audience so it, it's like filmed like a proper oh, concert right. where they are on that stage but there's no one in the room and i mean they give it their all but it's just like i watched this like oh i know this like two years like ago everything looked like this because there was no one in attendance so I mean, yeah, like you you did like performance videos where you had to play like give it your all without an audience there. Um, I didn't I hadn't didn't have to do it as of now, and I always think it's weird, but they like they own it back there, and uh, it's just yeah, it's it's cool. And um, I mean, you can, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, that that's interesting you say that because I now immediately what I thought about was literally on the uh, dawn of COVID. I was still living in Brooklyn yeah. at the time, and uh, I was going to go to uh, Body Count and Chromags, and the show got canceled. Mm -hmm. Right, so instead, the Chromags did a um, live, the, yeah, what became like a household <laughs> word, a live stream. Yeah, and yeah. that's when it dawned on me that we were in for a fucking hard time, man. You know, because it was like, yeah. They, they probably, um, I think they rented one of those rooms at this place called SIR in Manhattan. And uh, mm. it was like, the band was like tearing it up. You know, Harley had like, you know, he had no, no shirt on and whatever. You know? And, and uh, <laughs> there was like no one there though. You know, Rocky George is playing guitar. And um, I was like, man, this is so fucking weird. And uh, I yeah. hope this doesn't last very long. You know, then fast forward like a couple of years. It did last yeah. long, you know. But yeah, I could see what you're saying about this video. Yeah. I mean, they back then, music videos were the way to sell music. And that was at the beginning of death metal getting really big. And I mean, between 92 and 94, all of a sudden, when death metal happened on Headbangers Ball, and you had a lot of these performance videos because people wanted to see uh the band like rocking out that was kind of the vibe that you wanted to have like people moshing stage diving and shit there was like only a few death metal bands that already had like concept clips where they um i mean mostly they're like mixed clips i mean the the only like i oh, know it's also there's like a bit of performance in there one of my all-time favorite death metal videos will come up later and uh, that already that has a story, and I love story videos way better than just straight performance videos. But I still like the the optics of that one with the with the cover of the um, of the impending doom uh, artwork in the background is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like performance videos are just like way cheaper to to do. 
You know what I mean? It's just sure. the, uh, yeah. get a couple camera angles and have the band rock out. And that was that. When it got to storylines and, you know, that kind of thing, you had to, like, get, uh, you know, actors and locations and shut, you know, and shit like that. So, yeah. And, uh, yeah, what I wanted to add before we go on is, like, if you compare the first two videos on the with hypocrisy and monstrosity is – the apps to what to me is the biggest difference between american and swedish de like european death metal back then american death metal is really technical really brutal and the guys look like you know like uh tight jeans nike air force high tops um short sleeve band shirts and like banging out um and the the swedish bands they already have like the atmosphere going way more satanic way more evil skinny looking black jeans um kind of more in the vein of what like then became so popular in the black metal development yeah yeah definitely i mean i i uh I, yeah the, the european death metal was definitely more satanic and evil evil you know like the whole atmosphere about it except for morbid angel man like morbid angel yes. was morbid angel to this day is still my favorite death metal band of all time and, yeah. uh, you know, even like those first few records, uh, you know, were just such classics, you know, in the, in the David Vincent era of the band, you know, from from that yeah. that period was like very, very, uh, you know, it, it hit me really hard when I first listened to them, you know, back then. And yeah, and the, the, the still one of the differences is that the Swedish death metal in this case was way more melodic it was way more melody driven than brutality and i think morbid angel they could do it both they could be like the most aggressive thing and switch into like these these atmospheres with the weird ass melodies and shifts and bands like monstrosity or or death like i mean death became like also a very melodic band but um yeah like the americans seemingly were like more into brutal stuff and uh yeah to me like incantations onward to golgotha was like the most evil uh satanic sounding death metal record from the states back then like next to morbid angel oh yeah no no doubt about that man for sure okay number three which is crazy to see because they be ended up becoming one of the most game-changing most important not to me but to others <laughs> big metal bands of like of the recent years which is like the first music video of the band Meshuggah Abnegation Necessity yeah this, I mean once again this goes what I was saying earlier about bands that started out being progressive and just kind of you know started evolving from that point and Meshuggah is that kind of band like they they were definitely starting in a spot of progression when it comes to the style of music like they were very incredible musicians and um yeah. this is uh what contradictions collapse is the uh lp that this one's on it's like their first one and um no it's it's the the nope ep like it was even before that it was their very first ep that nuclear blast oh, released. damn okay i think this is on that though that contradictions collapse okay yeah. yeah. Oh, none. Right. Yeah. It's on the. Yeah. I think that the two th the the CD I have might have both of those records on it. So that's okay. Why I'm thinking yeah. of that. But uh, Jan's Kidman is singing on this record too and playing guitar. Yeah. You know, which is kind of cool. And uh, yeah. 
But yeah, they they kind of transcended death metal too. I mean, they, like let's let's break it down a little bit. I mean, they started out very much entrenched in this world, you know. But then, mm-hmm. as time went on, you could I, you could even say that they influenced like new metal, uh, deathcore, yes, um, yeah, you know, slam, uh, and mm-hmm. now in a way, they're almost like um, this kind of progressive. Like maybe like Tool or something like that, you know? Yeah, exactly. I would I would say they're the extreme metal Tool. Yeah, you know? and I, I love of all of it. I mean, I I think they're I I've always been a fan of these guys, and I'm not really into incredibly technical music. Like that's not really my uh, my go to, yeah. but they they yeah. wrote good songs too and good parts. Yes, and that's why yes. I liked it. Yeah, that's also what did it for me. Like, I'm not really big on Meshuggah, like the later stuff. Manu is. I mean, he's a drummer. Like, all the drummers are into Meshuggah, I guess. Um, but it's uh, it's they always have, like, the balance of technicality and atmosphere and melody. And so I can back that. So whenever we're on tour and Manu puts on Meshuggah, I'm, like, listening and think, like, this is actually pretty good and I should maybe listen more to this. But I remember, like, I bought the fucking Nope ep on cd and if i still had that because i i at one point i just gave it away yeah i would be rich now i think you can sell it for a lot of money now because they're such an important big band um but the crazy yeah sorry no it's i had to clear my throat the um yeah it's i i don't have the ep actually like i was saying like the mistake i made was there there's a collect there's a LP that has that on it, and that's why I was like, "Oh yeah, I have, I had both of those in one volume." That's what it was. Mm. Yeah. The um, the, 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 and the funny thing is, like when I rewatched these videos, I in- instantaneously had the same feeling I had way back then when I listened to it the first time, and I said, "Like this sounds like a death metal band trying to be Pantera," because Pantera was like one of the biggest bands in the world back then. Um, with a um, uh, vulgar display of power coming out in 91. And it had like, at some points, it has like this Pantera-esque kind of like hardcore vibe to it. Sure. But it's like way more, way more technical, but also the vocals. They're not like the gruff death metal growls. They're like really understandable barking kind of vocals. So yeah, like for me, it's like technical Pantera in a way. Yeah. That's a good point, actually. I, I I remember having similar feelings about it too, because uh, you know back then Pantera were the kings, like they were, um, you know, pretty much r- ruling like heavy metal throughout that era. Yeah. You know, the early '90s. And and uh, speaking of hardcore, like Meshuggah is also a band hardcore fans like. Like I. Yes. I think '94, um, '95. I saw them. They were on tour at Hatebreed, actually. And, uh, oh, okay, wow. Yeah, and that, in the States. And that was, um, I'm trying to remember, it, it was the mid-90s somewhere. Those two bands played together. And I was living in Boston mm-hmm. at the time, and I remember going to that show. Crazy. But yeah, yeah they're also the band that transcends scenes, so that's cool. Like, successful band, well-deserved. They always toured a lot, put out a lot of music, and none of it is really bad, so good for them. And this were like the, the, the children's stepping stones that they had in this kind of setting on this 92 videotape. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, on to a, a band that no one remembers, I assume, or no one actually knows they existed. It's a band called Fetish 69 from Austria. 
with their video Pig Blood from the record Antibody, which came out in 1993. You know What's what? What's your take on that? <laughs> I actually saw these guys perform. Um, when really? I was, uh, yeah, back in the 90s. <laughs> when uh, Oh, wow. The, the first European tour I ever did was with this band, Otis, and we were on tour with Fetus and Bark Market. And uh, well, the, the, one of the dates in Aust Austria was uh, Fetish 69 opened the show. And uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember they were also on uh, one of the dope guns and fucking in the streets amphetamine reptile uh, collections, too. So, Which makes sense because this is the first really off band from the sound, I think, on that tape. Yeah. I, I was familiar with them, not through death metal, but through the AMREP scene you know and um mm -hmm. and i they were cool guys i thought they were good live too and i i don't own any, any of their albums i just own a t-shirt which is gone that left some that is in the ether somewhere and mm -hmm. uh i remember getting a t-shirt from those guys and then uh just the one track on the on the amrep comp yeah i mean i i remember i tracked down a copy of the of the cd back then because i wanted to have everything on nuclear blast but it's one of the things that back then didn't make any sense to me like i didn't listen to it properly or a lot of times nowadays like going back to it it's it almost it would have fitted the uh, uh like a spot on our when we talked about zune fields of the nephilim yeah. or the yeah. nephilim zune this industrial kind of metal thing you can like I, I would say like you can hear similarities to like yeah, the MREP stuff, a bit of ministry in there, but it's not as stubborn. It's like still very chill in a way, like for one of those bands. But it has more of this noise rock kind of sound to it. Yeah, they were they were an interesting band. Like I like I said, I don't I've never heard their entire LP. And uh I thought they were really good live, like when we played with them. They were really cool. You know, and, and uh, I, you know, maybe I should try to find that. I'm sure it's on like Spotify or something somewhere. Yeah, they didn't do like a lot more than this. I think they did one more record and then like they disbanded. And yeah, it's like an obscure afterthought of a band. But yeah, it's like a bunch of Austrian bands on this videotape. So from Fredish 69, there was a brief interview with the band Resurrection, which is. Um, it's a band that I absolutely love. They were also from America, but they don't have a proper music video on there. It was just like this brief interview with them. It's a band from the uh, malevolent creation surrounding. They have one record called Unbound Existence, which is absolutely fucking amazing. Um, and then comes the weirdest shift, because after that, the next video that we see is a band called the Rostock Vampires with the instance from the record Torment of Transformation from 91. <laughs> How did you like that, Mike? Hard pass on this, man. <laughs> like, I <laughs> I, um, I don't even remember seeing this, like, when we watched it, because that, that's how much of an impact it, it left on me, I guess. And uh, I, I don't even know what to make of it, man. It's like, um, I don't know, like, pop punk or something. Like that. I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. I just know I don't like it, really. This cock says is hardcore punk, and okay. uh, to me, like the begin, the beginning sounds like one of these uh, melody punk, like the California skate punk bands. But it was before they, that stuff became popular. But it sounds so very German. They're from Dortmund, 
And uh, actually, their first record came out in, 90, in 1989 on Nuclear Blast. It was one of the first records Nuclear Blast put out. And um, the first one was like vampire themed, like it was Transylvanian something. And it's it's even worse. It's like it's stupid ass worse. melody punk. Dude, it was like, it looks cool. Like the name is cool. And I was like, okay, maybe they're going for a kind of Misfits vibe, but it's just like unbearable. And this, like this, the instance video is not, nah, it's not good. <laughs> yeah, I, I never heard anything besides this one track because like it sounded just like something I would never really like, you know, and I'm, I'm not yeah. a big fan of even that, that SoCal like pop punk sound really. I don't, yeah. I don't listen to that kind of stuff at all really. Yeah, no. I remember like when all that stuff became popular with Green Day and Offspring and all these bands that Kerry King just like slammed it in interviews like this is not hardcore, this is not even punk. It's like this is garbage. And uh I mean there's like some bands <laughs> I I mean it, yeah. it's I I always attribute it to like an East Coast versus West Coast thing cuz there's really there are literally no bands that sound like that out on the East Coast that are you know, like that's a West Coast sound. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially like in hardcore and like hardcore punk style. You know, just like the whoa. You know, like that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, the Misfits did that for sure, but they're the Misfits. You know, and occasionally, maybe yeah. on some later Agnostic Front records, you'll hear that. But uh, but that's yeah. that's like a sound that's like definitely rooted out on the West Coast. Yeah. I mean, for everybody out there, I pitched an idea to Mike, and I don't know if we'll ever do it, but I want like, I want to do episodes on like death scenes or death sounds, I want to call it, with like these musical subgenres that became insanely popular and then faded down and no one listens to it anymore. And we could definitely do one on this, like, here you call it milk punk, because it's so, it's like white guys, like super, like turned out, it's like milk punk. Um, yeah, so maybe maybe some of that like you will hate like some serious bashing of bands on here, but uh, for there, now there's uh, a couple of yeah, bands sorry. that I'm sorry to cut you off, man. Uh, sorry, yeah, I apologize. There, there's a few bands on the East Coast that kind of dabble in that sound, but they but they just sound harder. You know what I mean? Like um, yeah, you know, like Kill Your Idols, maybe you know, great great Long Island hardcore band. Uh, yeah, you know, Mike D was in that who plays in you know cr and like a bunch of other bands like like that was um melodic hardcore punk but it's still mm -hmm. it was like more like mad ball than it was like any of these other yes. socal bands you know yeah it's um this this whole scene to me is like right now it's kind of like with screamo there's only like a handful of bands that you can still go for and i i was always a fan of bad religion because they're just like really good at what they do and they're smart and it isn't about partying and skating, but like this thing that happened with Lagwagon, Pennywise and all these no X kind of epigones. I don't know. Like this, this is really bad nowadays. Yeah. So that's what you think uh, Rostock vampires were going for. I, they were before that. Like, I mean, that, at that time, of course, uh, Bad Religion was still a name and OFX were already around. Maybe they were going for that, but it was before, like, that, that, that whole thing happened, that this stuff became popular was with Dookie of Green Day and the, uh, the one Offspring record, which I think was 94. 
So like the 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 big like ball of bands was like ninety four to ninety six in that vein. So Rostock Vampires were definitely before that. But still, I mean, there's a lot of German punk bands that still sound like this. So I would just like put it in the category of like shitty German punk. Right on. But dude, like now we're getting serious because the next one is um, is one of the bands that I found through this very videotape and I became completely obsessed with until I found out that they're Christians. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I still, I still love it. And the here again is like, I mean, we talked about it in, in other episodes when I was chasing the heaviness in metal and like ACDC and Iron Maiden and Metallica didn't do it for me because their artworks were more brutal than their actual music. And I found my way to death metal through obituary and these bands. Like I was always looking for like extreme stuff. And there's this Australian band on here now called Mortification with their video Terminate Damnation from Scrolls of the Megaloth in 92. And the vocals like that dude pulled out, they're nasty as fuck. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like Carcass or something like that. There's like the early Carcass, like extreme like vocals. And uh, yeah, you know, I don't, I frankly, I don't know that much about this band at all. You know what I mean? Like mm. I just know the yeah. track from this record really. Yeah, but that video is also really cool because, I mean, it, it, it could be a satanic video. I mean, you have, like, people in the audience slamming while they were playing, while they're playing, but they still, like, they play in a ruin, like an old castle or something. I don't know if there are old castles in Australia, but it looks like it. <laughs> and, uh, um, but they have, like, these scenes of, like, Christ bearing his own cross. So I never dug into the lyrics, Um but uh, the funny thing that is that I found out this band was started after these three guys were an old band called Light Power. Whoa. <laughs> not white, not white power, but light power. So a Christian rock band. And then just decided to do like a death metal band, which is like really on the brink of grindcore at most parts with like ultra nasty vocals called Mortification. Now, now did their... Like, did you dig into like the you know the philosophy of the band and and are were they like we're a Christian death metal band and we're trying to spread the word of God like or they're just individually have Christian yeah. beliefs? That's what I hope because I've never actually read interviews with them. It's just like back then this one record came out and when they did the next record, I was already like not into real, not really into death metal anymore. So they were like a band that wasn't featured anywhere. So I have no knowledge about like their thing. And that's what I said. Like I never dug into the lyrics that they did. It's just like one of the bands where I'm glad that like English is not my first language. So I can, you know, like sometimes it's just like, noise to me what these people do and like i mean the vocals are nasty right? like if you yeah. put like attention to it you can understand it but i don't think he's singing about like i mean terminate damnation maybe maybe well yeah, maybe you couldn't you know? oh jesus oh yeah jesus especially yeah, yeah. yeah maybe i should not dig into the lyrics because <laughs> then i'm probably hated it's uh it's pretty gnarly though i mean i i think the music is like you know pretty pretty yeah. badass you know and like i I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna fuck with it you know i'm gonna see and see what i can come up with with these guys dude and i have to say like one of my favorite like all-time musicians is dave eugene edwards of 16 horsepower woven hand yeah. he's singing about jesus the whole fucking time so like uh 
Yeah, Bud Like the Music is fucking badass. Well, like guys out there, if you're into like this nasty, technical, almost grindish death metal with like harsh vocals, check out Scrolls of the Megalov of Mortification. Good record. Yeah, and especially if you love Jesus too. Um, <laughs> you can uh, <laughs> you can get down with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, okay, next one. Like I, I did a slip up. Uh, wrote to you earlier on i forgot to put a music video on our list and it's i'm dumb for it because it's one of my favorite tracks on the whole video it's a swedish death metal band afflicted with the video for ivory tower off of their 92 record prodigal son yeah did you had did you have time to check that video out earlier today uh yeah i did it I, you know it's funny like i um when I tried to find the video too and see if I can add it to the list, because uh, but everywhere I looked, it was taken down. So where'd you find it? Uh, I Google. Uh, I put in YouTube "Afflicted Ivory Tower" and I had three hits. <laughs> yeah, but they were all like those links weren't weren't taken down. No, like weird over here. I don't know. Like yeah, maybe it's uh, like a U.S. like European thing. I yeah. don't know. Weird. But you were able to see it in the playlist that I did, right? Yeah, in the playlist when you put it in the playlist, I was able to watch it. But uh when okay. I, I like earlier in the week when you sent this over, I was like watching the videos. Yeah. And um when I got to this one, I was like it said video removed or something like that. You get like that broken like the, the yeah, symbol, yeah, yeah. you know. And then I, I did my own <clears throat> excuse me. I did my own search on YouTube and every mm -hmm. There's a couple of different places you'll you can see the thumbnail, but when I clicked on the thumbnail, mm -hmm. it there was it was taken down. So maybe it's like a licensing huh. thing over here. I don't know. May, may prob that's a, probably the same thing that happened to the actual video of Death is Just the Beginning, which is why like you can still see the thumbnail, but when you click on it, the video just doesn't open. Um, but yeah, I mean, glad, glad that it like showed up because uh, yeah, be before we get into it, one of the best news this week, Century Media is going to re-release uh, the first two Afflicted records and a compilation of their demos and EPs on vinyl this oh. year. And uh, dude, The Prodigal Son is like such an underrated gem. It's some, some parts of the record are so weird. It's almost in the vein of Confessor and these kind of bands, but they have like a... A sense of urgency in their melodies and uh this video dude like ivory tower that song the performance in there is like yeah i would say it's like one of my three favorite things on this videotape yeah it, it's a sick track i i i'm not that familiar with the band i gotta be honest about that and um yeah. you know maybe i need to get on board with this uh century yeah. media release you know dude it's like it, this um there's like these images of videos that just like stick to you. I mean, we talked about Wood by Alice in Chains or like Jesus Christ Post of Soundgarden. You know, that was the time when music videos really struck a nerve with, with, with people. And one of the death metal videos I always loved most was Kingdom Gone by At The Gates of yeah. their first record. And this video here kind of has the same feel to it from the way that the singer moves around. It's just like in a sapia kind of tone and not in black and white. But the singer has got the looks. The, the, the song is amazing. Like the lead melodies, it's, it's technical and atmospheric at the same time. And there are like several parts in there that are completely different. And in the end, it breaks down into a part 
which I think sounds like Fields of the Nephilim meeting Paradise Lost meeting Iron Maiden. It's so fucking good, and what a what a gem this record is, man. I need to get on board with this stuff then. You know, like I like I said, yeah. I uh, they're you know they're just one of those bands I never they just kind of slipped slipped under the radar with, radar with me. Dude, for a lot of people, I think Afflicted is not one of the bands that if people talk about uh, Nuclear Blast that they will say like, oh yeah, Afflicted. I think it's like the next band we're going to talk about. This is like to me the prototypical Nuclear Blast band. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll let you uh, do the intro on this it, here. <laughs> yeah, it's like we we played with them uh, last year. Actually, the show the week after Unholy Passion also played uh, the Eindhoven Metal Meeting, and it was uh, Benediction and Unleashed back to back on the main stage. So I got to take a picture with uh, Johnny Hetland of Unleashed, nice. and while I was doing this, Dave Ingram, the fucking singer of Benediction. Who, uh, who was also the singer for uh, both Ro- uh, Dave Ingram, the singer of before both Roar for a brief stint. He just came up to me, "Hey mate, would you be able to take a picture of me and Johnny?" And I'm like, "Uh, yes." Nice. And I'm like, "Can I sneak into the picture too?" It's like, <laughs> um, <laughs> dude, like I mean, Benediction put out a record. I think it was last year or the year before that, and that fucking it's it's fucking good. And um, yeah, like Benediction to me, we're like in the Nuclear Blast catalog back then. It's like a copied paper catalog um, where you could order merch. Um, this is like one of the first images, like the Grand Leveler and Darkest the Season, their releases. They all had these T-shirts, the logo. That was the thing that got me into death metal, like the artworks and the way it sounds. Benediction was never a band I was super into, but the looks of that were terrific. Yeah, to me, they're classic old school death metal. You know what I mean? Just, yes. uh, you know, very yeah. much like if you like go back in a time machine, that's like what death metal kind of sounded like from that era, really, you know? And um, yeah, to me, and also, you know, Barney, Barney Greenway was uh, briefly in that band too for a little while. Oh, oh wow. I didn't know that. That's, yeah. that's cool. Yep. He was. Yeah, it's like. They always get compared to both thrower. I mean, because they're both from Great Britain. I don't know. Um, with their with the third record, Transcend the Rubicon, they kind of like turned it down a notch from the speed and were more in that tank rolling kind of sound that both thrower had. But they were never both thrower. Both thrower were like uh, they were something really special. And Benediction is always good. Like all the records are good but nothing special about them. It's just like they're lifers and yeah. they're good at what they do. Yeah, I definitely back them, but if you if I had to choose between them or Bolt Thrower, it's Bolt Thrower all day, man. That band's just yes. like, like you you just want to like like destroy stuff when you listen to those first few Bolt Thrower records, you know. Yeah, it makes me really want to sit in a tank and roll over some cars, you know? Like <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so um, next one is uh, we're going back to Austria with a band called uh, Disharmonic Orchestra. And um, this to me, I wrote down is like uh, the Austrian Krellis of death metal. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't know if I like it or not, but it's um, it's almost like Detroitson playing death metal. You know what I yes, mean? Yes, yes. Yeah. 
Because there's yeah. like there are things about it I dug, but I think overall I was like, ah, eh, I don't know. This like it's not really for me. I mean, I like to yeah, I like to Kreutzen, a, but they're they're a different type of band. Yes, you know? sure. Disharmonic orchestra is also something back then I didn't dig, and I was interested to see like if I like it better now. But it still doesn't do anything for me. Um, just this quick side note is like uh, Harold Bestek, I think was this. I wrote it down. He was the founding member of Disharmonic Orchestra. He left the band in '88, and he formed another band uh, called Disastrous Murmur, which is uh, have a record called Rhapsodies in Red, which was released on Osmos in '92. One of my top 10 death metal records of all time. One of the shittiest artworks, but this is like atmospheric hell, uh, evil death metal in, in the most barbaric Bavarian way, Austrian way. Yeah. That, I totally am unfamiliar with that. I need, I need to check it out. Yeah. There's also a band that hardly anyone knows, but if you Google like Disastrous Murmur, Rhapsodies in Red, the artwork is so ridiculous that like you don't want to listen to it. But if you listen to it, you will you will surely like it. It's really dark and pretty nasty. Yeah. Yeah. Up next, we got a, a very right. very sick band too. So. Yeah, it's like then on the video is a brief stint where you see Brutality. Back then, a completely new band get interviewed, present stuff of their first record, a band that I became really like a fan of later on when they released it. But yeah, dude, like the next one, this is to me the best Swedish death metal song of all times. It's Dismembers Soon to Be Dead with the uncut version of that video. It appears on the record like an ever-flowing stream and on the pieces EP. And yeah, if you speak like when we spoke about satanic death metal with hypocrisy, this video is the real fucking deal. That That's probably one of my favorite you know, like an ever flowing stream is probably my favorite record by this member, actually. And um, yes. this one, this uh, the video has a great Swedish Jesus in it too. Yes, <laughs> the oh, dude, man. like, like this guy's uh, it's awesome because he's like obviously this like Norse, <laughs> you know, Scandinavian yeah. guy that's supposed to be Jesus Christ nailed to the cross. And I was like, oh, look at yeah. that Swedish guy, like nailed to the cross. <laughs> <laughs> But the, 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 the color scheme of that video with these guys running over, like jumping over flames, like topless, but like, like spike, spike belts on the black jeans. They're so fucking cool. And I mean, like three of those guys weigh as much as I weigh now, probably. And, uh, and then they have this one scene where they just toss the metal cross into this pool of blood. Yeah. And so it's <laughs> So fucking good, man. And um, yeah, so here's here's a question. I mean, we talked about like Cannibal Corpse with uh, Corpse Grinder or with Barnes. And there's always these these fights that people have, you know, like Megadeth or Metallica, Slayer or Sepultura, Jolly Vision New Order. My question is Entombed or Dismember? You know, I was I was hoping that you wouldn't ask that question, man, because it's like that's that's a that's a really hard question. That's a really hard choice to make, and I I might go with Dismember only because there's a really really long swath of records that Entombed made that I didn't like. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but the yeah. early early Entombed stuff, you know, and then like even like Wolverine Blues, like to that period, I thought were, yeah. was like you know pretty amazing, and yes. um, but. 
Then they made a bunch of records that I didn't like. Then they made a couple mm-hmm. of records I liked. And then they split into like Entombed AD and like, I don't yeah, know, yeah. like and that stuff. But I feel like Dismember over the timeline has produced better music, you know, consist more consistently, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. But like to me, it's, I would say, Dismember's uh, Like an Ever Flowing Stream to me is the best Swedish death metal record of all time. After that, it's like the first two uh, Entombed records, and then again, Dismember. It's, uh, I mean, Clandestine and Left Hand Bath, is, they're fucking classics and amazing, but nothing is as fucking killer as uh, like an ever-flowing stream to me. Yeah, like that that's the strength of those two Entombed records is like almost enough to carry them through their whole career. But then, I yes. don't know, like there's stuff that I just didn't like by them that came out later. Yeah, yeah. When they when they started to do like more like motorcycle rock in a way, yeah. Like I can I can listen to like this. I I dig like one record that grew on me is the Inferno records because it's more like Motorhead in a way. Um, no, a lot a lot of people like the Inferno record, but uh, I dare you to go back and listen to it. I think like probably you would like it now. Yeah. Maybe I, are, are motorcycles a big thing in Sweden? I I don't think so, but like it it's to me it's always like this rocking thing that helicopters and did. This is like to me guys on choppers listen to when they're into like rock music. Like not like the Harley American rockers, but you know, like the evil satanic bikers yeah. probably listen to stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I was wondering about that. Yeah. But yeah. All right. Remember. Excellent band. Now Next one is a band that I think I introduced you to a month ago when you were here, or yeah. at least like yep. gave the. And and do you, did you actually like? Do you know where they're from? Oh, I know they're American. I don't know where they're from, but uh, you know that's uh, they're they're from. Yeah, go ahead. I Berg, think I'm probably Berg, wrong Berg. about something here. Go ahead. No, Bergenfield, New Jersey. I could see that. They seem like guys. They seem like tri-state area guys, definitely. Yeah. it's uh, We're talking about Revenant with a video, The Unearthly, from the absolute underrated, one-of-a-kind, killer record, Prophecies of a Dying World from 91. The only release, the only full-length release they ever did. Full disclosure... I had forgotten that they were even on this collection. And then uh, when I was in mm-hmm. Germany, when we were hanging out um, at your place uh, a lot, you know, about a month ago or so, uh, you reintroduced me to them. And I was like, man, how could I forget about how this band? Because they're so sick. And uh, yeah, man, I gotta, I, I'm going to try to score that on vinyl, man. See if I can find that. Somewhere. Yeah. You know, it's a great record. That, it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's listed as uh, Death thrash in the way that that is like a bunch of bands like this in germany like protector and these bands but dude revenant blows them all away they're so fast at what they do very political very um i mean it's 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 not about like gore and death it's it's a very political uh, echo kind of record about the world i mean the prophecies of a dying world there you have it and it's just this this song is so terrific and it got me into it and like I bought the record and I still love it to this day. It's probably also in my top 10 of like death metal records of all time. Yeah. And the music's like very technical. 
<clears throat> and uh, the singer, yes. the singer gets gets a lot of lyrics out too, man. Like he's like, oh, dude. oh dis- wow, disintegrate yeah. into micro eternity. Like he's like singing that <laughs> over like these incredible like runs, you know. And I'm like, damn, this guy's like very talented, you know. Also, like here, not like growling death metal vocals, because I think that's why probably like a lot of death metal fans didn't like them. It's more like, yeah, thrashy kind of vocals. It's like you can understand him really well, but like the vocals are still harsh and aggressive. But yeah, it's uh, the lyrics of that one song alone is probably longer than like a whole record full of author lyrics. Yeah, I feel like the vocals are what tag these guys as like a death thrash because the, yes. mus- the music itself I don't find to be very thrashy you know what I mean yeah uh, and uh, the thing is dude I mean later on in that video like on the video there's brief stints of Gorefest recording their second record Falls and you know like what my feelings are on that record yeah and in 91 I mean in 91 I was fucking 11 years old back then and just like found out about like real rock music and everything like Revenant toured Europe with Gorefest and they played like a venue that I've been to at shows which was like an hour away from where I lived and I mean this is like there's this meme that a lot of people like reposted I think Mike Scandato posted it too it was like dudes with a time machine and you see like a guy like at the door of a morbid angel show like for five bucks in 90 in 91 <laughs> or something I I that's just like one of the, there's videos of those two bands back to back playing like a show in Schweinfurt, Germany. And I, this is like the thing I wish I could go to. I want to go to that bad brains at CBGB's video that is like on YouTube. I want to say Fugazi play in front of the white house in, in snow, like these kind of things. But like seeing Revenant in 91 in Germany with Gorefest it would blow my mind. I would like die a happy man in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Gorefest is another band. That's, that's awesome. That, oh, you know, I feel yeah. like only a certain group of people know who they are. Yeah, dude, don't get me started on falls of Gorefest. It's not on here. Otherwise you, know, you would hear me come all over my phone. Man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm coming all the yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. Ah, ejaculation imminent. <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, well, the next one is a band I'm sure you haven't oh. heard of before. <laughs> and uh, I also know, don't know if it's like your kind of music because I know you're like into happy pop music. Uh, yeah, Mike, you want to take the run oh, yeah. on the next one? Yeah, of course. The next track is Winter, Servants of the Warsmen. And this band is like, uh, if you grew up in like the New York area, they were huge. They left a. They cast a huge shadow in New York City in the uh, the kind of grimy, doom crust world. And um, also, uh, Stefan Flam has been a guest on this show, and uh, he, mm-hmm. he's a guitar player in this band. That he's a you know good friend of mine at this point. And um, he had the other band, Godin, which came out. Their their LP came out a couple of years ago. And uh, he's still out there doing stuff. And yeah, Winter were, were fucking titans in the underground, like New York, uh, crust, doom world. Yeah. To, to this day, Into Darkness. I mean, what a name. Yeah. What an artwork. 
do like everything about this record is right and perfect and to this day people hold in such high regards and i think the biggest praise was when southern lord did like this fantastic reissue of the vinyl some years back and uh with merchandise and i slept on the merch which still to this day bothers me but um that record man that was one of the records that i i remember buying in mannheim at pro music where i just browsed through the cd section and it's like oh this it's in the death metal section it looks cool then i bought it put it on and i was like why is this so slow where are the blast beats and i didn't appreciate it in the beginning and then it grew on me and it's probably one of the reasons why I'm into funeral doom. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and there's also a real heavy, like Celtic frost kind of thing, especially on this yeah. track, you know, it's like very yeah. much in that like dreary, uh, just like dark Celtic frost vibe. And, uh, yeah, Steph That's also good. played in uh serpentine path, which, um, mm -hmm. they, they did a record a while back and that's got like, uh, you know, members of, uh, unearthly trance, um, and uh, uh, Electric Wizard, actually. Oh, man. Yeah, the Garden records. I remember when you like did these episodes with him, I'm like, oh, dude, like Garden, I haven't heard of that. And then the record was like, okay, so this goes heavy into the winter direction, and I'm all for it. Yeah. I hope he does uh, some more stuff, man. You know, I, I really hope they do another Garden record, you know? I would, I would love that, yeah. So the next one, and this to this day is to me the sore thumb in this video because it's a band <laughs> I, I could never, like I got never into that because it's simply not my type of music to this day. Um, it's St. Vitus. Yeah. Crazy, I mean, right? Yeah. Like St. Vitus on a nuclear blast. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because like, I, I got into them when I was like a kid because of uh, Black Flag and SST. And, you know, even though they were a hard rock band, they were on, on SST records in the beginning. And, uh, you yeah. know, I think as time went on, I appreciated them more. But, you know, I don't know. I can't really say that I'm that into St. Vitus. Like, I, I like them, you know, but I don't love the band. You know, there's other bands in that style. And yo, the, these guys looked old in 1992, man. Like on that video, yes. they those guys. Like, <laughs> I, I wonder if, if like what you know, those guys look like fucking old men, and this is like 30 years ago at this point, you know. Yeah, but maybe wheat, wheat like contains them, and they're like kind of like they don't morph. And that's just the funny thing because have you seen that the the singer in this video is actually wearing a, pan, a pantera with the cannabis leaf, like the shirts that they, that they had back then. So the, a band like St. Vitus that clearly influenced Pantera and like the whole New Orleans scene that they're kind of involved with. Um, and now like St. Vitus is rocking a Pantera shirt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're, they're a you know, heavily influential band. You know, I know that that's like a band that the, the I Hate God dudes, you know, love them and... Uh, you know, they've influenced a lot of that kind of like, you know, stoner rock stuff, which I'm not a huge fan mm -hmm. of. But uh, I mean, they're they're cool. You got to give them their respect. But it's not something I really listen to that much. Yeah, it's a uh, it's absolutely not my style. It's like uh, Doom to me needs nasty vocals like Doom with the clean vocals. Never a big fan of that. There are some bands that pull it off well, but like St. Vitus, I always 
I tried it and there's people that I like that I back that are into them, but no, it's not not a band that I'm really like a fan of. You know? Yeah, maybe maybe because it's, I never I've never done drugs or never smoked weed, so probably that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're we're like on the closing stretch with number fourteen, which is also a band that is like hugely popular, but never really struck a chord with me. Again, Austrians, again, something sexual like Fetish 69 <laughs> that they were obsessed with. It's the band Pungent Stench with sick, bizarre, defected creation off of their 91 record being caught buttering. That was kind of their deal. Like they weren't they like a, uh, you know, kind of like sexual perversion uh, band. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, that yeah. was like their their trip, really. Yeah, it became more more intense on the later records that they did, but they're like at this at this part it started. Um, can't say that I was ever a big fan of Punch and Stench, but I have to say that the artwork always struck a chord with me. And later on, I found out that it's by Joel Peter Whitkin, a guy who did some fantastic um, photo manipulation stuff, dark as shit. Yeah. I um our our mutual friend Dwid of Integrity had like images. No, he's of not. That my, he's shirt. not my. He's not my friend. Bro, just just put that yeah, out I, there right now. <laughs> Dwid is definitely not my friend. Okay, so yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, no, but like it's a like a lot of the pictures that he did like showed up in great artwork. So like for everybody out there who's into dark, creepy photography, uh, which looks like kind of this. Uh, ghost photography that people in the early 19th century did um he's like but he's relatively contemporary i uh, check out joel peter whitkin's stuff like great 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 stuff and this artwork was also cool but the music nah it's 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 so weird it's like in the beginning it's like this weird groovy death metal with like a slap bass then it gets nasty and then it has a, like almost saint vitus stoner rock mid part Ah, uh, no, like to this day, it really, really doesn't do anything for me. You know? I, I tend to agree with you about Punch and Stench. They were never a band that I, I really got into. I mean, there are things this, about them, like the aesthetics are cool. Uh, you know, the the guitar tone sounds like it's like, uh, you know, like a heavy metal pedal, pedal you know, like one of these. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it, it's cool, you know, but I, I just not really my kind of thing, you know. Nah. Again, I have to reference like if you want Austrian death metal that is good from that time, the band that would just like because Punch and Stench were friends with Disharmonic Orchestra, Fetish Sixty Nine were like kind from their surrounding. That's why they all ended up Nuclear Blast. If you want good Austrian death metal, just the first Disastrous Murmur, Rhapsodies in Red, all the stuff they did afterward also became kind of sexual deviant death metal. Which is weird. I don't know what the Austrian kink is with sex metal, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, not not my kind of stuff. I think um, doesn't that dude from Pungent Stench like when I was one of the times I was in Vienna, there was like a, a shop that I think that dude mm -hmm. owned in Vienna, and um, they had a lot of dildos. No, no, it was like really cool, like stuff like kind of esoteric books and um okay yeah there was like this white house like uh hardcover biography that was written in german that i, I thought about buying but i'm like i don't speak mm. german so yeah. yeah 
It might be, but there's again one of these bands that like then later on when there was kind of a retro vibe about death metal, they had like a brief stint of like importance. And now it's like the main singer, he does like, I don't know his name is blah, 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 playing pungent stench. So he goes on tour now, like playing stuff of those first records without the others in the band approving. So there's also this fuck fest that Entombed had and a lot of the other bands are like Batushka, Batushka AD and all that shit. Yeah. So yeah, pungent stench seemingly is like a band that people are into enough that you would like fight the other band members to have the rights to play those songs so. not my not my cup of tea necessarily no which brings us to the last one which back then wasn't my cup of tea but later on i really kind of had like a sweet tooth for them for a while which is american sickos macabre oh yeah with uh the song with the song exhumer of their 89 record gloom which was released in 89 on Vinyl Solution, but uh, and it's not on Nuclear Blast. So this song is not on the Nuclear Blast record, but they signed a deal and their eponymous uh, Sinister Slaughter record in 93 with a cool Beatles reference artwork that came out on Nuclear Blast. But the song Exhumer is of a record that wasn't even released by Nuclear Blast. Yeah, they just were like, this track is uh, sick. So let's put it on this yeah. uh, video discography. Yeah. So that that's uh, yeah. yeah, that's pretty cool though. I mean, I I, I mean, I, Macabre is one of those bands that I you know I totally backed them. And uh, a few years ago, we played with them at uh, out in Michigan at this um, festival with uh, it was like uh, I think it was like a housecore Phil Anselmo kind of thing because a lot of the bands, oh, yeah. a lot of the bands that were on that uh, fest were bands that that house core worked with and um it was fun it was great seeing them man they killed it they were fucking awesome live yeah it's like uh back then i didn't really understand what's going on but like later on when i found my way into real grind core and power violence i could like i i really got back and and could appreciate this way more it sounds like pretty much from the content of everything it's kind of like mortician without the death metal in a way yeah yeah definitely it's like if you like yeah i could see the similarity between both bands i mean you know there was like the whole Dahmer fascination that macabre had yeah and uh yeah yeah it's uh they're just they look they, they to me they seem like real creeps you know like probably guys yeah. that don't get out <laughs> that much you know and and yeah. fixate yeah, yeah. on this like dark like kind of unhealthy like content you know, and it was reflected in their music, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I always, like, to me, like, if uh, in my head was was that when they have a family fest, they all wear, like, red mesh hats and, and have, like, you know, like, these farmer pants on, like, kind of these rural sickos that would live, like, in Carcosa, in a way, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, totally. uh, yeah, I don't know. They had like this 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 redneck vibe to them. I don't even know them. Like I've never like I've never seen them live. But I mean, what they do is smart. Like it's not like poorly executed. It's like really well executed, and it's just about creepy stuff by creepy guys. I assume. Man. Yeah, and that it, it gives this like veneer of authentic authenticity to it because it's like well, these guys probably yeah. uh, have some skeletons in their closet as well. You know, <laughs> very well might be. 
yeah, man. And then the, the whole video is gone. Like, and then it ends with a guy like the nuclear blast staff throwing various merch art, like stuff at the camera. And then it fades out to another chunk of winter music. Um, and that was uh, death is just the beginning the videotape and one of the founding stones of our friendship. <laughs> yeah, man, that was, that was a, you know, formative evening, you know, and, uh, does does that does Nuclear Blast offer this as like a Blu-ray or something like that? Or are they just nah, yeah. nah. It it's uh the only video that is actually on the Nuclear Blast uh, YouTube channel is the hypocrisy video, as you will see in the list. All the other videos are from different sources. Some of them are ripped, like I said, and you can see still like this beginning. That yeah. all the videos had on this videotape, but you can track it down. There's like I checked it. There's like a bunch of offers on Discogs for this videotape, where you will pay like between twenty-five to forty bucks for a video copy of that. There's no DVD version. There's no digital version. I don't know why they don't do it. I mean, they could just take all of that shit because they have the rights to these songs and just put it on their YouTube channel or something. Uh, it's too bad, like because it was entertaining, especially with the with the stints in between, like the interviews with Brutality and Gorefest. Um, but yeah, I mean, copyright things. I have no idea about this shit. So, hey, uh, yeah, know. it's a bummer, man. Because like, I got to be honest, like they, uh, you know, if they did like a Blu-ray of both Volume One and Volume Two, and maybe extras can be extended videos. You know, I mean, extended uh, interviews or something like that. You know, because yeah. I'm sure they only cut. You know, like there's only a like a minute or two of interview footage. You know. Yeah. There's also it's weird because there was another installment of that which I didn't own, um, but I've seen it at a buddy's house, and and this is online. Like you can see, like it's called. Death is just the beginning, best off. It's like a one minute, uh, one hour and 50 minute video compilation. And it has like um, Amorphis from Tales of a Thousand Lakes and stuff like this. Also, like one of the few, like earlier, The Abyss, like one of the black metal bands that Peter Tedgren of Hypocrisy was in. This kind of stuff. And this is rolling on YouTube. It's just this particular video compilation is not on there anymore. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 not not cool. I hope I wish they would do yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. But guys out there, like I combined like a video playlist that uh, I will put on the Instagram, and Mike will surely put on the Facebook page. Yeah. Um. So you can check out the videos if there's anything that you were into, and uh, yeah, if you were also like a death metal nerd in the in the nineties, like we were. And you have suggestions like I just did with Disastrous Murmur or the Revenant stuff. Please, like, leave it in the comments. Tell us about what your, like, early death metal hidden gems are because I'm always into digging up stuff from that time that I'm not familiar with. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, thanks for listening, everyone. And uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Take care. <laughs>